Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, to drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, to drunk account, 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 drunk Welcome. It's <laughs> weird, Tim. See, Dan, I don't have to say lots of words. I just say two. Mm. And hi, I'm a nerd. <laughs> I've said that before. I just like to repeat. Why would you say that about yourself? <laughs> I was impersonating you. <laughs> oh, yes, I was being Sorry, Tim. I didn't. You weren't nerdy mm, I enough. Quite, I, I just, I just thought everyone would have understood from my general tone. Uh, welcome general to tone. the Two Drunk Accountants. My name is Dan. My name is Tim. And we are the hosts of this podcast every yeah, week. Yeah, believe it or not. Yeah. And uh, this week, um, Tim, I just want to mention a very special sponsor of the podcast, someone mm. who allows this podcast to happen week in, week out. That is Cats Accountants. Yeah. Big yeah. thanks to the team. Big thanks to Cats. Us here. Yeah. Thanks for that. Brilliant. Thanks, gang. Good, good group. All right. So, Tim, this week we've got a great topic. It's actually um, the fourth episode in our cash flow series, which has spanned it almost a year now. Wow. Mm. Just that's a long series yeah. and not a lot of uh, episodes in the series <laughs> for a year, for yeah. a year's worth of time. That's but all right. Hey, that's four. Four out of hundred. Yeah. So we've recorded. That's, you know, at that's least 4% of all our episodes are based on cash flow. Exactly. Um, this episode kind of extends a little bit on some concepts that we spoke about in the previous um, cash flow episode, which was on GST, mm. PYG withholding, and, and, and those taxes. Yeah. Um, this one is the new business tax trap. Tax trap. Tax trap. Tax trap. Tax trap. <laughs> we just thought we'd play some trap music every time we mentioned tax trap. <laughs> What is trap music? Dan? I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, this <laughs> I, I googled mean, like, it. That's obviously not high. I mean, it's, it's good. It's good music. Don't get me wrong, but like that's the royalty-free version, so <laughs> <laughs> it might not be the trap music you're accustomed to. If yeah. you're a if you're a trap fan, that's right. Trap music, um, tax trap. So yeah, this episode we'll, we'll talk about a bit more detail later on. But right now, Tim, what, what is, is the Tim and Dan Low? You're off that one. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say, I'm struggling today. I'm a struggle straight. Uh, yeah. yeah, I had uh, a lovely dinner with, um, with actually with a client last oh. night. Man who has been on the podcast before as well. Marketing mm. man, Mike Sandys. Mike Sandys from Oddball Marketing. Oddball, yes. Uh, yeah, so look, I only had three beers and I feel like a hungover piece of shit today. That's funny because... I do feel that beer in particular and cider is in the same category, I think. Mm. They really do, they make you quite like full in your belly yeah. and your head feels a little bit off the next day. Yeah. Just, I very much, whenever I drink a cider, mm. I don't drink beer, but so my example is cider, yeah. um, I do always feel a little bit, little bit off the next day. Yeah. I think it's the way it affects your sleep. Mm. You're probably right. Sleep deprived. My left eye is twitching. I don't know if you can see that. I can't see that, no. Just twitch. My stage, just went, just stage left or? You're right, my left. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> just twitched again. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. <laughs> I think that's a sign of fatigue. Mm, potentially. Well, if there's any medical <laughs> people out there 
and a twitching eye is a worse sign of something else than just fatigue, mm. please let me know. Yeah, I think you've got a, uh, a small case of deadsies. <laughs> Am I dying? <laughs> is, is my left eyelid the first sign of my body decaying yes, and dying? Yes, it is. It is. Yes. Yeah, it's been so, good. So that's mm. been my week, Dan. I don't know. Just, just a bit... A bit hanging on for uh, dear life. Mm, it does feel a little bit like that. Um, I also just want to give a bit of a shout out to, to someone here in the podcast. Uh, someone who works with us who this week had a baby. Oh, yeah. Big one. Yeah. It's a great idea. Yeah. Congratulations to, to Angie yeah. and Kieran yeah. for uh, having their, their baby girl. Willow. Willow. Yeah. And Willow is is a is a good name, Tim, because I've been watching a lot of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm. and there's a character on there called Willow. Oh, cool! And this leads me to a segment about me. Um, <laughs> there's also a character on Buffy called Daniel Osborne. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, their name is. Uh, you'd know them as Oz if you'd watched really? Buffy before. Yeah, so Seth Green. Can, can we play? Um, oh, Seth Green. He's a great character in in that yeah. series. Yeah. His, um, his name's Daniel Osborne. Oh, my God. Yeah. Same spelling? Uh, I imagine there's probably a U in it. I haven't checked. The American spell, spelling usually has U. Can we um, get some new intro music for you each week, which is the Buffy theme song? <laughs> 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 you reckon that's royalty free now? <laughs> no. But I'd love that to be my theme. Yeah, so, um, no, that's that's really good. Good fun fact there. Good fun fact, and congratulations uh, to the gang on their, on yeah, their new baby. Let's, uh, I'm going to make a baby joke here. Let's yeah. hope that Willow is not a weeping Willow. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Just a lot of that. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's uh, move on from our week. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, Tim, do you have a business update for us? I do, actually. Um, I was a bit inspired, Dan, by your um, stories and things like that that you were going into last week. Yeah. So, using real life um, business stories or things that have happened mm. that are business related yeah. and using that as a business update. Mm. Um, so, I've actually got three different ones here, which I thought of this week. Uh, I'll just put my pen on silent. Um, that was Michael, man on the street, who just messaged me, really? by the way. Uh, yeah, so three different ones this week, which I thought of. I'm going to use the one which um, has me most worked up and most angry, yep. actually. Because they all make me angry. Mm. They all outrage me. So the first one, um, I'm going to use this because it is the most recent one in mm. terms of it happened within the last few days. The mm. other few I heard about over the last few weeks. It's the uh, the Red Lion. That uh, good old Holden. Not going to be... Uh, produced anymore. Not going to be a thing anymore. You mean the the Commodore? Gen- yeah. General, no. Oh, Holden General, General Motors has dropped Holden. Really? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. Now, you might say, oh, well, why are you angry, Tim? Are you a Holden fan? Mm. I don't give, I don't really don't care less about Holden mm. as a brand, a brand mm. or the vehicles. Mm. I know a lot of people do, which is awesome. And mm. they'll be upset about that. But mm. I'm upset about the government subsidies which have been paid to Holden over the years to support mm. them um, as a manufacturing industry in Australia mm. and as a brand in Australia. Yeah. Um, I'd say it's probably billions of dollars. Yeah. And, and even probably up to within the last 12 months, there would still have been subsidies um, or, or grant money being paid. It's actually been a few years since any manufacturing of Holden has happened in Australia, I'm pretty yes. sure. Yeah. Yep. So, they yep. left the country completely. Yeah. 
That was my phone. <laughs> uh, they left the country completely um, in a manufacturing sense a few years ago, um, but they they still had designing and things here and, yeah. and all that. But obviously, they're owned by General Motors, so a lot of Holden vehicles that you know are actually some other brand yeah. overseas that yeah, exactly. are just rebranded as Holden here yeah. here in Australia, yeah. except for obviously the the Commodore, which was a big one. And yes. I, I know they announced like late last year that. The whole uh, the Commodore was being discontinued, yep. and that was a big deal for people. But it must have just been a, a preamble to Holden itself being. They didn't consult with government, so there was no like giving government options to help them before they did it or anything like that. And it's owned by like a foreign company, mm. so why would I mean I know supporting jobs is important, there? but why would we be propping that up for so long, <sighs> seeing the writing on the wall? That it reminds it's me of subsidies for stage. like coal and things. Like why why are we still why is our money propping up an industry that's gonna it's, die on its own and be replaced yep. by something that's gonna give people jobs too? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like the amount of money that they could have saved from those subsidies and retrained um, employees of those businesses into different industries, maybe mm. more renewable industries or more mm. sustainable industries. Yeah. Um, could have been done ten years ago. Mm. Could have put us ahead of the eight ball there in terms of like um, setting up new industries, mm-hmm. um, building the economy mm-hmm. in a time where we really need that because of the growth in housing prices and the stagnant um, growth in wages. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's that annoys me. It annoys me too, Tim. I agree. Mm. I, I thought you were coming at it that you were annoyed that Holden wasn't going to be a thing anymore. And I thought that's surprising no, for you. But really. I get what you're saying. You're annoyed because uh, the Australian government sunk mm. some money into this yep. when they probably shouldn't have. Yeah. So, I haven't done any research on how much it is. I know it's going to be a lot. Mm. So, yeah. Disappointing. Uh, you can imagine that this would have been an election issue in several years that, oh, you know, we're going to prop up jobs in Adelaide yeah. or something because yeah. they manufacture Holdens there yeah. and we want, we, you know, we're going to keep the jobs because they want to try and get Adelaide. Yes. But yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. I, I kind of think like, mm. you know, couldn't they have even just offered some incentives to buy Holdens? To like businesses. Yeah. So, the largest businesses that might have fleets of one or 200 cars, mm. why couldn't they incentivize purchasing Holdens as opposed to yeah, yeah whatever a, else they An immediate, because at the time there probably wasn't the immediate write-off, but immediate write-offs for Holdens, Holdens. or something yeah. like that. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. I think they could have been a bit smarter about that. Mm, I think they could have too. I think they could have too, Tim. And this, and I'm going to go off on, on another thing, which probably could be a whole other topic in a whole other week. But did you keep up to date much with the whole uh, what's been labelled the sports rorts? No, this no. is a government spending thing that shits yep. me too. Yeah. So um, just very briefly, this was um, before the last election. Yeah. Um, the government. Because, you know, during elections, they're promising money to electorates yeah. that they're trying to get votes in. They say, yeah, we're going to give you, if you know, yeah. you know, the opposition might be, we're going to build a new sports ground here if we yeah. win. And, yeah, and the definitely. other side's like, oh, we're going to do the same. Yeah, yeah. And they're all promises until after the election. Yeah. But the government was actually giving a, um, was using this sports fund, this discretionary funding thing, right? Mm. To, in, in places that were um, strong nationals or, or liberal um, areas were actually using that money to build things before the election to actually mm. start the building and give them the money before the election had happened. Wow. Right? And the and which you might think, yeah, what's so bad about that? You know, these things happen. Mm. But 
what was actually happening is it was meant to go through an independent board. There was applications. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Um, that board would determine who they believed deserved these cool. this, this government money. Yeah. Um, but in 70% of the cases that received money, they were not approved by that board and it was wow. independent by the whoever was you know in charge one of the ministers who was in charge of it Jeez. they were just deciding there was clubs um like yachting clubs that are like million dollar places right that would been giving the top which was half a million dollars were being given half a million dollars because they wanted to renovate the foyer oh no yeah whereas there was like small sporting clubs and it became a big deal and the government came out and said oh you know Girls need change rooms too, and that's why we're doing this and stuff. But there was all these places that needed that actual work, but wow. were being denied, even though they were recommended, because they were giving half a million dollars to a yachting club that was worth millions because they wanted to renovate a foyer. That is so. Another example annoying. of our money being spent poorly. That is so annoying. And didn't it turn out the minister who was overseeing that or had some sort of impact on that? Mm. Her own shooting club. Yeah, got some money. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, like come on. Yeah, that's just daylight robbery. That's and just, you can you know that's wrong. You can understand if if that club was given money because it was reviewed independently. Yeah, and then it was recommended that they deserve the grant. Yeah, great, perfect. Yeah, but if it was part of that seventy percent mm. that was not recommended but still yeah. got money. Mm. The other sus thing is that was in um, uh, seats or electorates that were marginal. So yeah. So they were actually trying Triangle. to buy votes. Yeah. yeah, there was there was an example of um, um, it was held. I think it might have been held by Labor, but it was marginal seat, and they gave a grant to a few sporting clubs. And the person running for that electorate from the Liberal Party or the Nationalist Party was the person giving the actual check at a ceremony, oh saying, "Here's God. look at the election coming up. We're giving you this money." But she's not even the minister. She doesn't belong. In, like, wow. How poor is that? <laughs> Are we naive or uh, is the know. world just... I think so, maybe. <laughs> I think we've just got our heads buried in the sand and then we hear about these things. <laughs> we're like, think that's okay. Rah, 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 rah. And then we just don't do anything about it, Tim. You and I will forget about uh, this next week. Yeah. It's the annoying. election comes around in two years and we'll be like, what are they promising us? <laughs> It's so bad. Oh. Anyway, enough ranting cool. about the government. Yeah, exactly. There'll be a few more horror stories to come mm. in the next few weeks business updates. Not meant to be negative, but mm. they're interesting topics. They are interesting topics. And it affects business. Mm. Um, all right. So, Tim, do you have a um, tight ass tip? I believe you have a time ass tip for the second I week in a row. I have a time tip. Yep. So, this one is one I came up with this week. I actually used this one this week. Wow. And I would refer to this one as the yard work out. The yard work out. Or you could say yard workout. Mm, is this saving time on working out by doing yard work? Yes. <laughs> and working out at the same time. <laughs> so, you could be, uh, for example, mm. mowing the lawn and you could mow half the lawn and then do 20 burpees and then mow the rest of the lawn. I like that. Yeah. You could... Um, the idea is keep your heart rate up. Mm. Keep active. The lawn work part of it should be the resting portion mm. of your workout. Yeah. It's active recovery. Yeah. You could do 10 squats and on the last squat, pick out the grass catcher <laughs> from the back of the lawnmower. Exactly right. 
<laughs> yep. So, be creative with this one, yeah. I think. And the title just works so nicely yeah. because the yard work, yard workout. Work out. Yeah. <laughs> the yard workout. Um, so, really, what this one's getting at, and I, I feel like I'm going to ha- be able to find a lot more of these as well. Mm, I is- feel like this is leading into like the inside workout. <laughs> The office work out. <laughs> maybe. Maybe, Dan. Those are some good suggestions. Yeah. But uh, really, those two things are just complementary mm. activities. Yeah. So, if you can find two complementary activities mm. that you can kill two birds with one stone, mm. then I say go for it. You're going to save yourself a bit of time there. Mm. No, I do like that. And I, I often think about that. I, I think if I've gone out and done some yard work or if I've cleaned the house for the last hour or something... I've done a bit of work. Yeah. I've done a bit of workout. Mm. Yeah. So, imagine if you added in 100 some, push-ups. And some babies. Dispersed throughout mm. your yard work. Brilliant. You're going to work up a sweat there. And you're going to burn more calories. Mm. I like that, Tim. Mm. Give it a try next time, Dan. I will. I'm going to do it this weekend. <laughs> I'll report back in. Love it. Love uh, it. Cool. All right. Well, let's move through to our main topic for today, uh, which, as we mentioned, is our... Uh, new to business tax trap. 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 <laughs> uh, no, so, sorry if we just blew your speakers out. Yeah, we're. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's how the trap works, Tim. You've got well, to go into you, the trap. You can't. You can't hold the trap back. So, what are we talking about here? So, yeah, new business tax trap. A new business tax trap. So, tax trap. and I think we did describe this a little bit in our previous cash flow episode, which was months and months ago. Um, mm. So, I'll just describe it again. What it is, is when you're new to business, um, you start trading. Let's just give a real simple example. You've set up your new company in July. Mm-hmm. And you started trading in July and you trade for the whole financial year. Mm-hmm. Uh you finish that financial year and your tax return isn't due until May the following year, which essentially means from the time you actually start trading to the time you lodge your first income tax return. Yeah. Um, could be. It could be, you know, uh, 23 months. Yeah. Yeah, it really could. Yeah, it could be 23 months between Almost when you start. Two years, yeah, yeah. Or just under two years from when you start to when you lodge your first um, your first when income you, tax return. When your return. first income tax return is due for lodgement. Correct. Yeah. Um, but even if you do lodge it, say, six months after the financial year, in December or in January, um, mm. what happens is, obviously, you're paying tax based on your profit. And this is assuming you have made a profit. Yeah. Um, you pay tax for that first year. Great. And the ATO, as we've discussed before, once you make a profit, they like you to then pay tax in advance for the next year. Yeah. Because... You're going to have a tax payable again next year, assuming you're going to make the same profit. Yeah. They have some percentages and things they work out mm. and they give you an amount and you pay that in your balance each quarter. Yeah. But if you lodge your uh, very first tax return in mm. December mm-hmm. and then your December BAS is issued, yeah. well, suddenly you've got a full year's worth of tax payable. Yeah. Let's just say $10,000 was the amount you yeah, owed. Yeah, $10,000. And let's just assume as well that the installments for the next year will be 10000 across the year as well. Yep. Which is often the... It's, very, often it's very similar, similar to what you owed. Yep. So, let's just say in December, you've got a $10,000 income tax payable. Mm-hmm. And then when you go to lodge your December BAS, suddenly they're adding five grand mm-hmm. because you've got half a year already gone yep. to that BAS to pay for next year's tax. So, yeah. you've got fifteen grand of tax yep. owing 
all of a sudden out of nowhere. Yeah. And come the end of March, you're going to have another two and a half grand. And then come the end of June, another two and a half grand. Yeah. So over that six month period, you're going to have 20 grand mm. of tax payable. Yeah. Which up until that point, you've paid zero tax. Yeah, exactly. So that's going to feel a bit. That's going to be a pinch. Yeah. It essentially means you're paying double the tax in a six month period that you'd pay for an entire year. Would you call that a tax trap, Dan? I call that a tax trap. That is a tax trap. And this is something that, especially if you're making really big profits, or even if you're making small profits, obviously the cash flow is tight. You're mm. not going to have two years worth of tax payable, available, mm. if you haven't been thinking about it right yep. there and then. And this is a place where a lot of small businesses get in trouble because, yep. you know, if they've done the right thing, they've gone and spoken to an accountant before, they've set everything up and whatnot. But more often than not, people just go, I have a business idea, I'm going to jump in and do it. Yeah. Um, might be six months later that they engage an accountant, they get yes. things set up properly, yep. six months later to get it all happening, then they get their tax return done six years after that, no, sorry, six months after that. Yeah. And suddenly, yeah, they've been trading over 12 months, 18 months without thinking about tax. Especially growing businesses, you often find they will rack up an ATO debt because the ATO almost becomes a finance facility for them to Absolutely. grow and scale their business. Mm. So, which is which is not good, but it is a reality for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so, it's something you've got to manage when, you've, when you're new to business. Mm. Um, they often don't realize that some of the money sitting in their bank account doesn't belong to them. Yeah, and, and more often than not, they will use that money to, if they are growing, it's going yeah. to reinvest in their business. Well, they'll hire them, employees. They'll give them a false sense of confidence. Get some equipment, um, yeah. pay themselves a bigger amount. Mm. You know, they're going to do all sorts of things with that it money. It really is like a bear trap, a tax bear trap. It's a tax bear trap. You could step in by committing your resources, mm. say, within that mm. um, 12 to 18 month region where you don't know what your tax payable is going to be yet, mm -hmm. committing resources for the next year or two let's say a new employee, new equipment mm -hmm. and not realizing that you're going to have impending tax looming over your head. That's right. And you're going to have a, and not, you know, not even forgetting that you're also paying your bazes already, which is just the GST and the tax withheld from your wages. You're already paying those things and you're still going to have to pay them, mm -hmm. but also you're going to have to pay two years worth of tax at a six month period. Or if you don't lodge until May, it could be in a three month period, mm. you know? Um, yeah. So it's, it's definitely a trap that people get into. I yep. can understand why they get into it. Mm. And there are some things you can do to avoid it. And if you don't avoid it, you're going to be in a serious cash flow issue. Yeah. Um, you're not going to be able to pay those debts. You're going to have debtors, um, sorry, the ATO knocking down your door mm -hmm. because they want you to pay them. Yeah. They could threaten garnishing your bank accounts. There's mm. all sorts of things. Even if you enter into a payment arrangement, that's going to tie up your cash flow a fair bit. Yeah. Not to mention it's just stressful. It's stressful. It's super stressful. So, yeah, it casts doubt over your decision to go into business. Exactly. <laughs> and a lot of people do get to that point after a year and a half or two years and Toiling have all this hard. tax debt. Yeah. Tax debt. And they're like, well, I'm working this hard and I've got all this tax. What, yeah. Why am I in this? Yeah. And that's when they just go and find a guy in the street to make a director of their company and... Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> referencing last week's business update. Exactly. So... <laughs> This is... Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. So, <laughs> so there are many things that you can do and strategies to ensure yes. that this doesn't happen to you. And yes. as always, and as we've always said, especially two weeks ago, it's just about planning. Yeah. So, number one rule, be aware of it. Be aware. And by listening to this podcast, you can give that number one a big old yeah, tick. Yeah, you're now aware of it. Hopefully, you're, you're not someone who's at that 18-month mark mm -hmm. of their new business 
where you owed tax at the 12-month mark, don't know what that is yet, mm-hmm. and haven't started paying installments for the second year. Yeah. Hopefully, you're not that, at that already. But if no. you are, it's okay. You're now aware of it. You're, and so You're aware. That is the first step to avoiding shock mm-hmm. and unnecessary pain and heartache. Correct. Um, so, uh, that'll fade very quickly. Yeah. And so, if you're finding out about this at, say, month six into mm. your new business journey, mm. then brilliant because you can actually start enacting the next steps, mm-hmm. which will put you into a good position to avoid the pain, avoid the cash flow issues and not risk the longevity of your business. Mm-hmm. So, what's number two, Dan? Number two is what I like to call the three Ps, Tim. Three Ps? Yep. Planning. Planning. <laughs> can you guess what the last one is? Procrastination. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say preparation. Oh. <laughs> Close. <laughs> Same thing, right? Yeah. So basically, For some people. Basically, this is just um, ensuring, and this kind of merges in with with the third one, which is being aware of how much profit you're actually making is yeah. is the first step. And having a system like Zero or mm. one of the other ones um, up to date and available, you're going to be able to run your profit and loss, and see what your profit is, mm. and based on those profits, you can figure out roughly how much tax you're going to owe, and you can start putting that aside. Yeah. You can put it out of mind in a separate account that you don't touch. Yep. Because you know that that money is going to have to pay Mm. that tax pretty soon. You might even be able to be parking that in an offset account. Yeah, exactly. Loaning some interest on Mm. on a loan. Yep. Um, So, using using those accounting softwares to really look forward and Mm. review what your profit is and to have an estimate, even like um, having a business plan. So, here's here's a good example. Mm Mm-hmm. Having a business plan like we did two weeks ago mm. and projecting what you believe your income is and then comparing that to what you're actually doing, mm. you can say, all right, if I'm expecting to make 100 grand profit, that's my goal this year. I'm going to yeah. need to put 30 grand away for tax. Yeah. So, I better start doing that. Yeah, exactly. So, if you compare your actuals against that, if you're actually hitting those targets, then yeah. you need to be aware and putting that cash aside. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, preparation, sorry, planning, mm. which is planning ahead. Yeah. Planning, which is <laughs> planning to use your accounting software, <laughs> and preparation, which is uh, putting the money aside. Yeah. You're going to be all right. Nice. So, no procrastination there. No, no procrastination. No. Do not procrastinate. <laughs> it's the PPP and no P. <laughs> uh, yeah. The three minus one P. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, awesome. P cubed less one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I like it, Dan. Um, I think what you mentioned there about the zero, um, as an example, mm. zero, but any accounting software, mm. um, having some sort of estimate of what your income is so that mm. you can um, plan ahead for mm. the tax is vital. Yeah. It's something that just people, they're often concerned about it, but they put it off. They think, mm. oh, it's okay. Like, I've still got the 11 months from June, like mm-hmm. June to May to yep. lodge my tax and I'll have time to pay it. Mm-hmm. But that they don't count on the prepayments of next year's tax. That's right. So yeah. that's where it gets real tricky. Yeah. yeah. So the the next one on on my list really is um, it's more about what the timing of when you lodge your tax return. Yeah. So as I said, if you lodge it in you know January, December, January, February, March, further on, the the way the prepayments work at the moment is that. Um, they estimate what your tax is for the year and then they say, all right, well, each quarter you're going to pay a quarter of that. But if you've already 
gone two quarters in, they catch it up. So in that next buzz, suddenly you're paying two quarters worth of these installments in one turn. Yeah. Um, but the earlier you lodge your return, the better that is. So mm. if you lodge your return in July or August, yeah. you now have four quarterly lodgements ahead to yeah. pay those in four equal installments. Yeah. So Agreed. it'd be two and a half grand each quarter for the rest of the year. That's easier to handle than a ten grand up front or a five mm. grand, and then suddenly three months later you got another two and a half grand, and then yes. another two and a half grand. So and then the tax payment. Yeah, so spreading that out really works. The other thing that you can do is by lodging it early and having that, um, know, knowing how much you have to pay for your last year's income tax gives you time to pay it. It mm. gives you time to prepare to pay it because it's not due the moment you lodge. Yep. But um, you can set up payment plans yeah. that go over an extended period of time. And you don't need to lock in that payment plan until the due date of the tax payment. Correct. So, you could actually, that was going to be a point of mine later, but mm. um, you could actually say lodge on the 1st of July if you're super organized, mm. which is impossible. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. So, you could lodge on the 1st of July if you're mm. super organized. Yeah. And then your first installment will come up in September. Mm -hmm. That is due at that, t at that point in time. Correct. So, that's the tricky thing. You're prepaying mm. year two before you are due to pay year one. Yeah. But year one is not due until the 15th of May, 11 mm. months later. Mm. Um, so, what you could do is wait until that time. The ATO is not going to chase you for that debt mm. until May, mm -hmm. unless you have an earlier lodgement deadline than that. Yep. And at that time, contact the ATO and make a payment arrangement yep. for it. So, or you could you could actually get an additional 12 months mm. of installments mm -hmm. to pay that yep. year one tax amount off mm -hmm. and have paid year two already. So, let's say that you're, you're doing what Tim says. Um, if you think that you could afford the tax in advance amounts, no problem, but you can probably only afford an extra 100 bucks a week other than that, you could start paying that 100 bucks a week off that existing last year's tax debt. Mm. So, prepaying that. And then when you get to that lodgement date, and let's say there's half of it left, then you just make a payment plan for the half that's left. Yes. Yep. So, you could eat into it easily without yep. stress, yep. and then whatever's left, make the payment plan for. I like it. So, yeah. you know what? ATO payment plans, probably something we should do an episode about mm. as well. I just thought there's so much to consider with payment plans. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, be be careful with the payment plan if you mm. are going to do that option. But like Dan, I liked what Dan said. Mm. Pay as much as you can before the mm. due date. And once it becomes due, if there's still some left, enter into that payment plan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but don't let that slip because you don't want defaults of no. payment plans. Exactly. Exactly. The, yeah. other, the other part with these... It, and that I wanted to mention as well is that if you're thinking, well, why don't I just make a payment plan for the debt when it comes up? If you know, if I lodge later and something else debt comes, I just make a payment plan then. Yeah. Um, the issue with that is that if you make a payment plan, you've got to pay everything else that's due in full. Yep. So lodge if, and pay. So if you lodge that tax return in in December and suddenly it is due then or something, and you've got to make mm. a payment plan for ten grand, um, and that next baz comes up and you've got a five grand instalment. Well, it's be tough. you've actually got to pay that five grand installment in full as well as the GST, as well as the tax withhold from wages mm. in full at the time it's due to keep that payment plan for exactly. the last year tax in exactly. place. Yeah. So, it's tricky. It, it can be tricky to do that. So, mm. our advice is lodge early. If this is going to happen for you, be aware, plan ahead. Yeah. I think there's a few other things you still can do as well. Yep. So, let's say year one was a bumper year. Mm -hmm. And you've made an awesome profit. Year two, you've decided to maybe reinvest a bit into the business. Um, 
the sales and profit aren't going to increase, but you're going to be perhaps spending a bit more. Your expenditure might be increasing, mm-hmm. getting ready to scale up in year three, four, five. Mm-hmm. Um, so your profit might come down, maybe even to nothing. Mm-hmm. So you've lodged in July or August. You've got your installment notice in September saying, hey, you're going to have to pay two and a half grand, mm-hmm. one quarter of the $10,000 you owed in year one. Yep. You could at that point, if you knew you weren't going to owe tax in year two, mm-hmm. you can vary that installment. Yep. So, can. if you know that the prepayments are going to be unnecessary because there's been a change in your trading conditions or something's happened, um, you can vary those down. So, you're not left in that situation where you're paying 10 and then an additional 10 in year two to then just get a refund after you lodge year two's tax return. Yeah, that's right. Year. That's right. So, that's always an option, mm-hmm. but there's more specific scenarios around that. If you were going to owe tax in year two and you varied it to nil, the ATO can fine you for varying your tax installments to be, I think it's lower than, if it's anything like a 20% variance. I think it's less than that. I think it's like 10%. Yeah, so you don't have much wiggle room. If you vary it down and it's, 10% less than what you end up owing mm. or something like that, then they, they could fine you. Yeah. So, you're going to be very careful doing that. And the, uh, I agree. They can charge you interest. They can charge you penalties, all sorts of things. Um, mm. You know, I've never really seen that happen, but it is the rule. They yeah. can do it. No, and yeah. I'm sure it does happen. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure yeah. it's definitely happened because yeah. people would just want to vary their installment every year. All the time, and yeah. so, if they've done it a couple of years, I'm sure the ATL would eventually go, no, sorry, we're going to find you for yeah, this now. Yeah, exactly. Because you keep doing it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but that is an option if mm-hmm. in year two, your tax payable is going to come down. Mm-hmm. Vary your installment down, give yourself a little bit of cash flow relief. Yep, I agree. Mm-hmm. So, let's just do a quick recap then, Tim. So, broad strokes, what is the strategy to avoid the first, no, sorry, the new business tax trap? Yeah. Um, be aware. Be aware. Just know of it. Correct. And then that's going to lead you to step two, planning, planning, preparation, preparation, and not procrastinating, not procrastinating. <laughs> <laughs> which means um, re- reviewing your profit, yeah. reviewing what you estimate your profit's going to be for the year as well. Yeah. So, you know a goal to put aside well in advance, um, putting the money aside well in advance and don't procrastinate on doing that. So, it's easier for the whole way through. Yeah. I like it. Step two. What's step three? I meant step three, sorry. Step three, <laughs> lodge early. Lodge early. Lodge early. early step three. Lodge early and then pay it off. Pay it off, yeah. So, use the time you're given mm. and or enter into a payment arrangement with the ATO when it becomes due. Correct. But the reason why you lodge early is because those installments mm. um, are going to be spread out across the year instead of all at once. That too. Mm-hmm. Step four. Step four. Vary if you if you if you can. Vary. Think it's going to apply for you. Correct. Vary down your mm-hmm. installment. That's right. What else is there? I think that was the main steps. Um, but a few other points would be, um, obviously, if you're doing the the three P's lesser P in in step two, you're not going to be um, reinvesting all that cash you've got into your business. So just be aware that when you are trying to scale and grow, that some of that money isn't yours and don't. Block it up, lock it up in in you know inventory or equipment or whatever. Um, make sure that you have that cash there. Definitely. Yeah. And I think a, another little hint is is you know if there's a way to use that cash, say having it on off against an overdraft or something, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
sorry, paying down an overdraft, paying down an offset account mm-hmm. and lowering some interest or something, do that. That's fine. Just yep. don't spend it. Yeah, exactly. Have it available. Yeah. And um, I think you'll be fine if that's the case. For sure. But this is something I see a lot of new businesses fall into. Yeah. It's a period where people generally get really disillusioned with what they're doing because mm-hmm. suddenly they've got all this tax to pay and why are they in business? They don't have any money yeah. in the bank. Well, it's because you spent it last year and you haven't planned for this. Yeah. Yeah. It's an easy thing to do. Pain is less painful if you're aware of it and you plan for it. Yeah. Would you say, Dan, if you were aware you were going to get a needle and you were planning for it, that it would be a less painful needle? I don't think it applies that way. No. <laughs> I don't think it applies that way because I think I'd panic about it. I'd be like, the needle's coming. Yeah. But guess what? Mm. The ATO stuff is the opposite. Correct. For some reason. Yeah, it is. The more you know about it, the less painful it seems yeah, exactly. when you eventually do pay it out. And it's, you see people stress about ATO debt so much. Like yeah. they're just ripping their hair out about this debt that they've got. So It's a big question mark. Being um, aware, doing it in advance. Yep, these are numbers. all things that are going to, to, yep. to help you on the way. I like it. And they are the steps <laughs> to avoid the new business tax trap. Tax trap. Tax trap. <laughs> <laughs> we can, we always bump the microphone, especially today. I don't know why. Chair. Anyway, uh, all right, that's the end of our main topic. <sighs> Tim, do you have another thing this week? I do. You far away first. All right. Uh, I've been listening to a book this week called oh. I don't know the full name, but it's Catch and Kill, and there's a there's a there's a colon and then a, a big uh, thing after that. Um, <laughs> But it's written written <laughs> by uh, Ronan Farrow. Okay. Right. Okay. This is the guy who won, he shared it with a few other people, but he was one of the guys that won the Pulitzer Prize Award for um, exposing the whole Harvey Weinstein stuff. Okay. So, he, you know, he was a, a journalist and did all this great reporting to... to have people come forward about their allegations against Harvey Weinstein and that essentially, you know, right. helped to kickstart the whole Me Too yeah, movement. Wow. Like that was, mm. all, all that reporting yeah. changed a generation, basically, yeah, sure, um, sure. which is a big deal. Yeah. But what the book is kind of about, it's about his journey doing the reporting, um, but it's mainly, the reason it's called Catch and Kill because it's, it's a lot about the people surrounding these perpetrators and these people who are doing the wrong thing and yeah. how they try and cover it up. Uh, and the phrase catch and kill relates to this, um, when a, a news organization buys a story and then kills it on purpose oh, to hide it. Right. Mm. Anyway, that was my story. That's it was a good one. A great book. I like it. Mm. Mine is a lot quicker and not as good as that. Mm, go for it. Uh, I just thought of something which was good that I saw when we weren't recording podcasts, mm. I'm going to use that as my other thing. Yeah. Rojo Rabbit, the movie. Ah, uh, what a movie. Check it out. If you haven't, make sure you go watch that. Yep. I love that movie. It was good. It's epic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Usually, I don't pump movies up too much. But it was good. That was a good movie. It's just really funny and yeah. heartfelt at the yeah. same time. I like it. Very artsy mm. as well. So, very nice to mm. watch. It was. It was aesthetically pleasing. Good story. Mm-hmm. A little bit of... A little bit of uh, action, a little mm. bit of drama, yep. comedy, a lot of comedy. Had everything. A lot of the laughs. Mm. So, uh, and it's making fun of Nazis, I guess. So, <laughs> it's a plus. You get that little added bonus. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, go watch it. Yeah, I agree. 
Good one, Tim. Cool. All right, everybody. Um, thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, we're still going to be doing the, if you follow us on Instagram, we'll send you a message. There's been a couple this week. One of them I wrote back to, the other one I haven't yet. Mm. Um, but send us a message if you want to get in touch at Too Drunk Podcast on Instagram, at Too Drunk Accountants on Facebook, um, at Too Drunk Podcast on Twitter, and Too Drunk Podcast at gmail.com. Nice. Find us. Yeah. Looking forward to next week and the Accounting Business Expo, Dan. Which is in a couple of weeks. In March. Yep, that's right. Uh, we have a lot going on we there. May we or may not be on a thingy speaking. Yeah. Well, I, I saw a thing I should talk to you about, but I think, um, yeah, I think there's a definite chance that one of the two drunk accountants will be on a panel. <laughs> <laughs> Great. All right. All right. Have a good Thanks, week, everybody. Guys. Calculate it. <laughs>